Welcome to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. Hello everyone. I'm so happy to welcome all listeners from around the world to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Jaspal Singh. Mobility Innovator Podcast invite key innovator in transportation and logistics sector to share their thought about the key changes in the sector, about their work, and what is their forecast for the future. Today, I'll be talking about one of my favorite topics, blockchain. Our today's guest is a real hustler. She's a business psychologist, author, and has been shaping innovation, transformation, and marketing activity in the digital mobility environment for over seven years. Most recently, she led the global startup hub as well as the global transformation at Daimler Mobility. She's the founder and CEO of Blocksmoo. The company is exploring the potential use of blockchain in mobility sector and has raised money from market investor. I'm so happy to welcome Sophia Odiga, founder and chief executive officer of Blocksmoo. Before starting this episode, I would like to share few general definitions. We'll be using these words repeatedly in this episode. Blockchain. A blockchain is a virtual decentralized database and ledger, often encrypted for security, maintaining a permanent and temper-proof record of transactional data. It is managed by the computer allowing a peer-to-peer networks where each of the peer in the network maintain a copy of the ledger. A blockchain network is a technical infrastructure that provides ledger and smart contract service to the application. Smart contract is an agreement whose terms are determined upfront and they are distributed and enforced through a blockchain and executed automatically. A token represents a set of rules encoded in the smart contract. Each token belongs to a blockchain address. It's essentially a digital asset that is stored securely on the blockchain. NFTs. NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Unique digital asset, the ownership of which is recorded on the blockchain. It's now time to listen and learn. Hello, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining us on this show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Great to see you. Uh, so today I'll be spending time to know about you, about Bloxmove and your thought on application of blockchain in mobility. And to begin with, I would like to ask you to share with our list a little bit about yourself. And also, are there any interesting facts about your career that are not on LinkedIn? Yes. Um, first of all, maybe we start with the points which you can, which you can see on LinkedIn, right? So um, my background is in psychology. So I'm always saying I'm a kind of bridge builder between um, a human side and a technology side, right? So uh, my original, so to say, starting point in business career is really more on the human side, but I was always interested and had a big passion for the interface between people and then organization and the technology, right? And that's that was a point when I started to work for Daimler, so Mercedes, yeah. and uh, worked for the automotive industry, different um, departments like innovation, transformation, had the opportunity to set up a startup hub where we invested in startups, scouted startup for Mercedes, right? This was, mm. I was on the other side, so to say. Um, and this was, I would say, around about five years ago, um, the big hype around Ethereum and the smart contracts for industrial area, where we started to look into the direction of blockchain technology and what can Mercedes do with blockchain, right? Especially in okay. service areas like financial insurance services, but also um, 
mobility services. And then we started to create um, the vision around a new roaming, roaming in urban mobility. And this was a starting point of um, mobility blockchain factory at this point of time and the mobility blockchain platform, which is now the core element of our startup. Um, but later we will talk more about that. Yeah. So um, as I said, background, then um, definitely background psychology, automotive industry. And um, on the other hand, I'm, uh, I started my first um, company two years ago in the area of consultancy. So I'm supporting companies in their transformation when it comes to digitization and mindfulness. Yeah, so oh. I'm always, again, you can see here is my, my function, a bridge builder function, so to say. So I want to um, support and also train people in a new way of, on a sustainable way of dealing with technology and also with tools like uh, social media and all that stuff, right? And especially yeah. now in a time with COVID, where people have to lead other people in a virtual room yeah, with remote um, leadership and so on. It was a perfect match and I could learn a lot about other organizations and also about leaders, right? And leader oh, yeah. leadership styles. So this is my second part. Um, yeah, and since last year, um, May last year, <clears throat> I'm in the CEO role um, with Blocksmove and have the opportunity and the honor to lead an amazing team. So 20 people. Um, yes, and this is now an exciting adventure, um, applying blocks, blockchain technology um, in an environment which is related to mobility and also to green power. So power and mobility is our um, parental company, um, mm. our Irish limited parental company. So you see already in our name that we bridge both topics. And I guess um, along our interview, we will definitely speak about that. Man, that's great. You are touching both the important or emerging topic, you know, digital transformation and agile approach uh, in management as well as blockchain. So this is interesting. And, and I can see your background in psychology, working with human resource and, and working with technology all coming together. Now, yeah. you mentioned you launched the Daimler mobility blockchain platform and later did the management buy of. I'm curious to know about the backstory of Blocksmove and which user and problem Blocksmove serve. Yeah, let's exactly talk about that. Um, so exactly, you mentioned the point that we have that amazing history where we're really proud of um, together with Mercedes as a big company. Um, and it's not about the name, right? A name dropping here. It's more about what uh, that area could offer us. On the one hand, we could really test the technology um, with customers, with real yeah. assets, right? With cars, with real assets, and also in an environment where we always had in mind of, this is a B2B setup, right? An industrial mm. setup. We have to take some standards when it comes to security, yeah? when it comes to regulation. And this was very helpful um, for the technology, which is um, radical, right? On the one hand, but we learned how we transfer radical technology and really open decentralized shared technology in an environment which is related to companies. This, mm. I would say, made it unique at the end uh, because we combined both worlds. Um, again, the bridge builder is here. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our history, exactly. Um, and as I said, uh, in that environment together with Daimler, I would say the incubation time was around about three years. And then, um, yeah, we had some internal shifts um, when it comes to strategy, when it comes to orientation and focus on electric cars and less services. Yeah. This was one reason. And the other reason was um, that from the very beginning, when we defined that um, vision around an open shared ecosystem for mobility, um, that this is 
yeah, it needs to be independent at the end. And for us, it was clear okay. that we have to uh, move it on, but in an outside world, right? And then we decided, you mentioned that already, the management buyout, we decided together with the board of Daimler um, that we do and management buyout that they'll, they sell us a license. Yeah, and since then, we're accelerating the business. And you ask already the main question, um, what are we solving? Yeah. Um, and exactly what what we solve is definitely, um, I don't know how it is in, in your area, but especially if we look in Europe and also in Asia, um, we have a highly fragmented mobility market. Yeah, You have tons of different types of mobility. That's amazing, by the way. But you have yeah. also tons of different providers, right? And everyone yeah, wants to have a piece of the cake, um, wants to be close to the customer, right? Want to keep the customer touch point, yeah. but the end customer, the end user. So you and me on the street is really overloaded with all the apps, with registration here and there. And then I travel, for example, visit, visiting you. And again, I have to ask for, oh my gosh, what is the right train app, the right scooter app, the right car app, right? You know, this hassle. And um, this is exactly what, what we are solving, but with a different approach, because right now we see um, that a lot of centralized apps want to be the kind of super app, right? There's a term right now, which we hear yeah. that I would say since eight years, we speak about super apps. And, yeah, and we see that approach critical because we don't believe that there will be one super app for the world which connects all types of mobility. I mean, this is not possible. And at the end, uh, every user, so us, we would be overloaded, right? If everything yeah. is included in one app. So we decided um, we want to solve that problem, but coming from the back end. Yeah? So our approach says, um, let's connect all the providers in the back end and that mm. they act together in a kind of alliance or um, yeah, ecosystem approach. Um, and let's yeah, decide the user, so you and me on the road, which apps is the best which app is the best for you, which app is the best for me, right? And at the end, it doesn't matter which app we use. Um, we can book the entire ecosystem because in the back, everyone is connected, right? Um, but more from the pro provider perspective. So Bloxmove is a purely B2B product now yeah, when it comes to the software product. And this is why we believe that there's a totally different approach right now. And we call our vision or we, or we, we framed our vision in a kind of mobility roaming picture, right? So yeah. we know this from data roaming. Yeah? Um, yeah. You can take your, your smartphone and you have a SIM card. And when you visit, for example, me in Europe, you have maybe a message on your smartphone, but then you have a change um, between uh, the nets and you can still use data roaming, right? Um, yeah. So very easily, it's not necessary that you make a new contract or something like that. Um, and this same vision, you can transfer that to urban mobility, right? And now we roam through an ecosystem. We have IDs on our wallets and this is our entry card, so to say. Um, and we can yeah, move from A to B with one ticket. But as I said, the app doesn't matter which one you will choose, right? You can use your existing local structure, infrastructure. And this is, I would say, the change in the entire thing. So we make the e life easier from you on yeah. the road but also uh, the life of the providers easier yeah? because right now they have um, tons of hassles due to the fact that everything is so fragmented that every provider needs an app, needs a database, needs a server, blah, 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 right? So yeah. it's no resource sharing or something like that. And if you want to register and verify a new customer, that is, that this is the most intense or most the biggest cost position for each and every provider. So a tourist, for example, um, mm which is joining a city and want to do one ride is super expensive and it's not really profitable for a provider, for example. Yeah? Yeah. And now think in that ecosystem approach where everyone is connected and is sharing resources, 
if you are already registered with your local provider, and now I'm as a German train provider can use your verification and your profile. Um, it's super easy, cost efficient for me, and we both have a little piece of the cake, so to say. Yeah. yeah? And that's the idea of, of, the ro of the roaming strategy, of the roaming scenario. And therefore, both sides have, have benefits out of that. The end user, because it, it's easier when it comes to the entry point, right? Yeah. We believe that the reduced hurdles will increase, um, it will first of all, change behavior and will increase the number of people using alternatives with mobility, right? Because right now, the car is still the most comfortable um, type of moving right and and mobility yeah. and this will definitely change if we make the access point or the entry point um into an ecosystem easier than it is today right so this is a bit our strategy and our idea um of how we want to change mobility and at the end make the life easier for providers right and and keep the customer touch point with a provider yeah? that's not our business we are no b2c company that's great vision, I would say, because a lot of uh, transit operator I can share is worried about losing the touch point with the customer. So they don't want to lose the touch point with the customer. And also you raise a very important point uh, that how the mobility is becoming so fragmented, like in some of the European city, you have 10 modes to choose from. So which one, which app you should yeah. have on your phone and how to access that, which credit card or debit card you should use. So it, it will make life easier for people and the concept of super app. So we'd love that. Uh, now, I want to take your knowledge and expertise about the topic of blockchain because uh, mm -hmm. uh, blockchain, or I would say the distributed ledger technology, because a lot of people think blockchain is only about cryptocurrency, but I think it's much bigger than, than cryptocurrency. It gets a lot of attention because people see the Dogecoin, Shibuin and all rising and they feel, oh, it's all blockchain. But uh, there are many potential use cases in real life, and there is need to create awareness about possible use case of decentralized application in peer-to-peer -peer network, like you mentioned uh, just now about mobility roaming. So my first question is, uh, what are the potential blockchain use case in the transportation sector? And also, if you can demystify a little bit about uh, the myth around blockchain and decentralized technologies. Yeah, great, great questions. I mean, first of all, I love the questions and focus you, you make here because uh, it's so important that we bring the entire technology around blockchain and also um, maybe bigger about distributed ledger technology um, in a field of real life use cases, right? Um, that's so important. And yes, I mean, both of us, we love the metaverse and all the activities around uh, crypto and so on, but yeah. it's important to speak about both setups, right? Um, so first of all, maybe your question related to use cases in the mobility or transport area. First of all, I mean, we spoke already about our use case. So we believe that uh, decentralized technology can really change the way of how we move from A to B yeah? or we roam from A to B. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like roaming and beaming. Yeah? This is my big vision that mobility is so easy uh, that it feels like we beam from A to B. Um, so this is one, one thing. Another topic is for sure when it comes to logistic, right? Whenever mm. we see um, transport chains or cold chains um, with loading, so more the truck area, right? Um, yeah. This is 
a perfect scenario for um, blockchain use cases, right, where we can track the different um, stages of the load, also um, the driver profiles, then for sure, um, for example, as I said, in cold chains, the temperature, right, um, yeah. if we delivered uh, the food, for example, in the right way, that's very important for um, companies like Walmart and so on. And uh, here we can see that, uh, I think, for example, Walmart is one company, uh, they said, we have to use blockchain technology for our tracking and recording because that's the beauty in it, right? Um, yeah. If you have an, um, a transaction recording on a blockchain, it's immutable, right? No one can can change something or has to change the entire um, transaction blocks. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's almost impossible. And this is very important when it comes to I need a profile from kilometer zero to really my endpoint of loading or for, of the transaction process. It's very um, interesting interesting and very important topics right now yeah because really it's something related to law and also to um yeah to really rights and and rules of of uh, delivery companies so this is one area especially in the logistic field and then maybe a third topic which is also one uh, main focus topic of, of our company is the combination of mobility and energy yeah, so there's a third okay. field. Maybe you heard about that. It's often it's called sector coupling or um, vehicle to grid. So with all the trends related to electrify and electric electric vehicles, we see that um, cars are not only small, so to say, uh, assets for moving people around. They can yeah. store. Um, energy in future, right? So they are kind of rolling batteries on the street. And there's a very interesting point when it comes to how can we make um, the usage of green energy, so sun, wind, um, and water, how can we make that yeah, easier to use in our everyday life? Because right now we have the problem, you cannot switch on and off these energy uh, whenever you want, right? Because for sure, you have to wait that the sun is shining, for example. Yeah. Then you have sunny days, um, maybe not in your city today, but for <laughs> example, in Stuttgart, it's quite sunny. So we collect uh, tons of energy, um, but it's not related um, or it's not in a balance with the need we have right now. Yeah. And now you have uh, too much energy, let's call it like that. And uh, there are really ridiculous concepts, like we're selling that to foreign countries, Switzerland, um, for example, in, in the German case. And this is really cost intense. So you have negative energy prices due to the fact yeah. because yeah. we have the problem of balancing the grid. Yeah. And yeah. now the car can um, bring in a new asset for that, as I said, this rolling battery in order to balance the grid. And this is an amazing, really um, big potential for the product called flexibility. Yeah? And there yeah. is really money into it and therefore for sure also interest. Um, and this is an I would say one of the um, of the future topics um, where we see a big shift. And for me, it's an amazing, again, bridge building element because you see that blockchain and especially decentralized technologies um, combine industries which had they had never an idea of we do business together, right? Um, yeah. Automotive industry and energy sector was totally separated. And it's so amazing that you can see that totally new business roles and players come together and create um, revenue yeah, and really yeah. generate uh, joint revenue streams and new revenue streams. And this, for example, also one topic which is very important for Bloxmove or better said for parent company, uh, Power and Mobility. Um, and this is a third, I would say, big field in the area of mobility where we see um, a use case for distributed ledger technology. That's great. Uh, actually, 
what you mentioned about negative cost of energy. So Canada too faced that. So sometime some of the state need to supply energy to US state and they need to pay money to balance their grid. And yeah. vehicle two grid is becoming like an important topic here too. But I never thought about how blockchain can be used for vehicle to grid uh, technology, how to combine transportation energy. So thanks for sharing that point. It's, it's a quite good learning for me as well, because I never thought that how blockchain can combine these two different sector, uh, which never thought to work together earlier, but now with blockchain, they can, they can manage their whole grid and network and purchase and sell the power whenever it's required. Exactly. That's exactly the point you mentioned. So especially um, the B2B settlement aspect, right? Um, especially if you have many new partners um, yeah. joining that ecosystem, like energy providers, operators, then fleet operators, mobility companies, right? Um, and all these parties, they want to have a bit of uh, the pot, so to say, um, the pocket. And now it's important to have an automated way of dealing with uh, the B2B settlement and the clearing. And here, yeah. blockchain decentralized technology is really an amazing concept plus the dimension of um, digital identities or digital identifiers. I guess yeah. you heard about that. Um, and if we have an ecosystem with so many different assets and more and more players come in, right? I mean, it's even more complex if you think that private households are also in that network, right? Because they can yeah. also have a solar panel on their, uh, on the on the house, for example, right? And now they are also kind of prosumers. Um, so in that future ecosystem, we have also private households integrated. Um, for sure, right now it's quite tough to think about that setup because you have regulation and blah blah blah. So yeah. it's still an early phase of development, right? That's that's important uh, to frame it like that. But um, if we think in that scenario, you have so many different players in that game. Here, decentralized technology is a perfect match, right? Um, so DID is another topic um, because if you want to create automated communication chains between cars, charging stations, um, customers, private households, then for sure um, it's better to do it in an automated way instead of centralized uh, infrastructures, right? That's a great point. In fact, I'm, I'm speaking with one entrepreneur who's trying to bring these household on on these network to sell the energy so i'll happy to share more detail with you later on cool connect so, us yeah <laughs> yeah definitely now you know i read both of your white paper which was published by blocks move and and i must say there are tons of knowledge and uh, and I, in fact i'll share in the show notes because people can read uh, there is so much of learning about blockchain and mobility in those paper and the first line of your paper is that future of mobility is decentralized and lies at the center of smart cities and our planning and you also mentioned in your white paper that the future mobility is connected, automated, share, and electric. Uh, so how's Blocks move moving forward to achieve this vision? Uh, can you briefly share about the mobility blockchain platform you're building and uh, how it will be win-win for all stakeholder, rider, mobile mobility service provider, and Blocksmove? Like how everybody will get benefit out of it? Yeah, sure. Um, so exactly what you said. So our basic idea is really um, to keep that platform decentralized and open, right? Um, so this is very important to understand. Means that Blocksmove is not the main operator and owner of the ecosystem at the end, right? Um, so we are one part of that. And for sure, our business model is based on transaction fees. So yes, we have uh, a little bit of the cake. But at the end, our ecosystem partners, like all the different mobility providers, yeah, could yeah. be scooter company, bus, 
public transportation, uh, a smart city uh, ministry, for example, yeah, whatever. So all these parties have a node in that ecosystem in the perfect picture scenario, right? And yeah. be part of the ecosystem and they run and manage the ecosystem, right? So that's the idea of decentralization um, in the setup. So this is really interesting how we design governance model and collaboration models at the end, right? Um, and honestly speaking, we are at the very beginning of that development stage. Yeah. yeah. So um, as, as I said, technology is mature. Since May, we're accelerating the business, growing the ecosystem. We have more than 16 partnership, um, partnerships right now. So it is growing, but for sure it is, it is intense because we have B2B companies, which we have to uh, first of all, convince and then yeah. educate, educate, right? How they deal with the technology. Um, also, how do they uh, install in, in Node, for example, right? Uh, so uh, we believe that partner by partner, we learn and develop more blueprints. And in future, I would say in around about half a year or a year, we have really some kind of tutorials and you can easily plug in and switch on and then you're part of the ecosystem. That's the vision, right? Yeah. To make it so easy and speedy um, that at, at the end, day by day, we can onboard partners Yeah, because then you yeah. can scale um, and you can really onboard uh, all the thousands of partners worldwide. Yeah, That's a big vision. And for sure, we think big and not only in Germany, that's important. For sure, we started in Germany and Netherlands due to our own network, but um, it was always a global vision. And uh, therefore, we're really proud that we have first, so to say, test pilots also in Nigeria, so in Africa, oh. um, also in the direction of Turkey and Dubai, we look right now. So um, it's not only about uh, Germany, right? That's very important to understand because, yeah. as I said at the very beginning, our mobility roaming vision is powerful when we think it in a global ecosystem right and uh, some people call it island hopping right because you connect all the different islands of mobility and this yeah. makes purely sense if you think it in a in a big or in a global environment yeah so that's maybe from from a technology perspective where we start and that we really believe that decentralization is something new and something really relevant for for that area because you mentioned it right now every party has fear for losing the customer touch point. Yes. And that's the problem with the centralized solutions, right? Like like, like Uber, like Didi and so on, you name it. Um, they, they are on the front, right? But they are then the final interface to the customer. And that's for sure really um, a lose-lose situation for a provider, like a taxi provider or scooter provider. And we believe that's the biggest benefit because you ask for, for what is the win-win situation, right? That's the biggest benefit for our partners that they collaborate on eye level, right? So no one is the strongest in, in the setup and can say um, or rule the world, right? Can define yeah. prices and can say, okay, now I have the interface to the customer. I'm the strongest. No, everyone has the interface to uh, and stays in the touch or has stays with a touch point with a customer. That's uh, that's the beauty in it, and we would say the most or the biggest win-win situation for providers, right? And then, as I said already, every party can offer A to B tickets, and I mean. You can ask yourself, right, if you have two scooter companies, one scooter company can offer you scooter, also train, and also maybe uh, the uh, journey to Stuttgart to Sofia, right? Um, yeah. And the other scooter can offer you scooter. Yeah. Which one would you choose? I would say the one uh, where you would say, okay, I register once, I download the app once, but then I have access to many types of mobility, yeah. right? Yeah. So it is also kind of USP for the providers and they can strengthen their value proposition, right? Um, so that's, I would say, the second benefit. Um, yeah, and at the end, 
everyone has a bit more of the cake because often I do the example of, um, for example, with my grand uh, uh, mother-in-law. So if she's visiting me, yeah, for sure the lo she loves to take the train and has a train app, uh, but she would never download um, the next scooter app, right? Yeah, yeah. But she would take a scooter. If she can open the scooter, check in and check out um, with QR code with her existing train app, for sure she would do it. So yeah. the scooter will get and will sell another ride. Yeah? And this is the nice thing that also um, the companies get more customers at the end yeah. due to the fact that they work together and route the customer to each other, right? So that's that's the idea. Yeah, and about the cost positions, we spoke already about that, that um, shared resources or also um, the way of routing the customer identities, right? Um, and and uh, it's only necessary to verify customer once and then you can also use this data, uh, this verified data. For other people. Exactly. That will really help on the cost position um, and cost side. And especially in an area of mobility where you have scooter companies, bike companies with micropayments, cost position is the most important fact, right? Because they are really in a yeah. low margin uh, sector. Um, so they look really for each and every saving they can realize. And this is a an big impact for them, right? So I would say this is, these are the selling points and the USPs why it makes sense to join an ecosystem yeah? and also create a new strategy, a new force against the big dragons, uh, the aggregation apps like Uber and Didi and so on. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, actually, you you mentioned two very good points. One is about uh, how the partner works. So first they ignore you, then they resist, then they fight, and then they accept, and then they partner with you. And which is what have the partners do. The different transit agencies do that. Right now they are either ignoring or resisting or accepting, and then eventually they will partner with Bloxmove. And second point to mention about technology is a big leveler. Like uh, you are launching in Nigeria, in Turkey, in Dubai. So it's not only about uh, the develop and the developing country. It's It can be launched anywhere and uh, for any player. So whether you are big or small, uh, anybody can be part of it. And all the age group, it doesn't matter whether you know how to play with technology or you don't know how to play with technology. So it's for everybody. So it's, it's great to see you bringing all these factors together. Yeah, true. It's a very important point, which you mentioned here, um, especially uh, the native market, so to say, as we call it, um, Nigeria and so on, um, because here it's even more interesting how we um, apply blockchain technology, for example, right, because we are in setups where maybe governmental bodies or also banks are not that strong and yeah. have that trust, which we know, for example, in, in Europe, right? And yeah. um, here we often speak about native scenarios um, in comparison to the hybrid scenarios, which we see, for example, in Germany or Netherlands, um, where we work on direct peer-to-peer -peer communication, right, between drivers and, and, and um, customers using customers. mobility. Exactly. And this is an absolutely important fact, and I'm really happy exactly that that these countries are so open for using such technologies because it could be a huge game changer for for them and um, for me it's often so interesting and in dialogues with people especially people in, in for example in Europe that they have yeah, not the openness to think in that direction, because for sure they are, um, their entire life, they are know about the trust when it comes to banks, to institutions, to governments, yeah. right? Um, for them, it's easy and they 
struggle with the concept of um, there's no bank at the end who is doing the, I don't know, trust check. Yes, because there are a lot of countries, you mentioned a, a few of them, where you not have that strong institution where you can trust, right? And then it's a totally different um, yeah, openness when it comes yeah. to such new um, partnerships and peer-to-peer -peer communication. So I'm really happy that we have that diversity on a global level, yeah. That's an amazing point you mentioned uh, that sometimes we are used to certain way of living life. We are not open to new things. And, and in, in some of these country, there is no history. So there is no legacy factor. So you starting from, from new thing itself, which is, which is great. So now I want to ask you something which you already mentioned about mobility roaming and all. Uh, my question is, do you really mean the mobility roaming will be decentralized mass? Uh, it's like uh, anybody can join it, anybody can offer the service and there will be just a backend platform. Yeah, hopefully it would be nice. Um, I mean, uh, as you said, you mentioned mass, so mobility as a service. I think at the end, we have both sides of, of, of um, technology, right? So you have a back-end infrastructure, which is hopefully ours, yeah, which is uh, the Bloxmove um, decentralized ledger at the end for power and mobility. But also you will have, uh, you will have front-end solutions, right? And you will have apps for sure. Um, I mean, uh, maybe for the next 20 years. Um, in 20 years, maybe we have uh, no smartphone and our children will maybe laugh that we have that smartphone uh, with, I don't know, battery <laughs> problems and so on, right? So it could be that there's, I don't know, then a chip um, in, in our glass or whatever device it will be. And the nice thing is with the concept of DID, so decentralized identifiers, which we mentioned already, it doesn't matter if it's an, I don't know, wallet chip, for example, in a smartphone, in a smartwatch or, whatever device right so in future maybe we have something in our clothes and we can really roam and check in and check out um you start for example a ride and then immediately you have to pay payment at the end right this could be this could happen i think it's quite realistic from a technology perspective yeah. but in the meantime for sure right and i mean we are all humans and now the psychology talk will start right we are all humans and we our our uh, habits we need to we need time to change habits, right? Um, or at the end also maybe rewarding, which will help us to change habits. So therefore, I guess we have an in-between time and the in-between time will mean we have a smartphone, we are used to use apps, right? And therefore I think we will have still, we will have apps, right? And use apps, but at the end, maybe um, apps on the one hand was an amazing and intuitive interface, right? Because we love to use them. They yeah. maybe combine it with gamification. They combine it with some advisors and 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 um, recommendations based on algorithms. So I think you will really create um, USPs and and impact if you focus on services and smart AI and so on, and also smart design, um, calm design maybe on uh, on your smartphone, the front end, right? Um, and we, for example, do the magic at the back end. This is nice because then every party can focus on the niche expertise, right? So yeah. hopefully we come more and more in that direction of um, that people focus on um, one piece of technology and do that really great, right? And I believe um, we will see these amazing apps. I mean, many uh, partners and, and providers, uh, they go exactly that, that direction. I think this will uh, come more and more. And this is great because at the end, we have then maybe five um, 
favorite apps, so to say, on our smartphone. Um, and one is maybe for air, airlines and one is for urban mobility. Yeah. And then that's it, for example. Yeah. And then I can roam with these apps and the wallet in the back end with my DID. I can roam through that ecosystem. But I guess we will still have apps, right? If you ask me for, for that, this mass provider with, with front end, this is still very important, right? And for us, yeah. one of the most important tech partners in, in the journey. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, you mentioned no smartphone in next 10 years. And exactly. it may be possible. You know? It's, it's yeah. look very futuristic. But uh, if you look at 10 years back, there was no smartphone. And it's possible next 10 years, we have something else. And uh, you have only five apps, not owned for different player, but just for functionality, what you want to do, or you want to book a entertainment. So everything will be covered in that entertainment app. And then you have airlines or travel and then... Yeah, it's yeah. it's very futuristic. I would say, and it's quite likely, like you mentioned, from technology side, it's possible. It's now we need to work on the human side of it. Absolutely, absolutely, you said it. Technology-wise, absolutely, uh, already reality, so to say. Um, yeah. And and uh, I think this is important. Uh, what what you mentioned. So it, we, it will reduce the numbers of apps which we are using in our everyday life. But I use a different set of apps than you, for example, right? And that's. That I would say the change that that we have no, uh, we have not three partners in the front end, and they would say I'm the app for the world, right? Because I want yeah. to in, in, integrate and aggregate everything. I think this will not come. That's what I mentioned at the at the beginning with that super app. I think this is not realistic. Um, but making making that open, which app you can choose for as entry point, right? For for starting a service journey, for example, if we yeah. can be more open with that and can, uh, yeah accept diversity and include um, different setups so to say in also countries then i think uh, it's absolutely realistic and we will we will definitely have uh, apps for the next years yeah that's that's super uh, look forward to that kind of a feature when we are <laughs> get rid of our smartphone uh, one of the key challenge in mass is the trust uh, a lot of people don't want to become a partner in the mass application and all because they don't trust the other partner and also the challenge is to have a uh, centralized agency which manage and control everything. You mentioned about with blockchain, you don't need the, the agency and all. I'm curious to know that how you think blockchain can solve this problem of uh, removing these trust barrier between different players and how we can eliminate the need for having a centralized agency and how it can be managed automatically. Yeah, yeah, I think, again, it has a technology perspective and a human perspective, right? Uh, and then the behavior perspective on, on, on human side. Um, so from a technology perspective, first of all, I mean, you know, blockchain technology and um, the, I would say, benefits of that. The good thing is that we that cryptography is really the most secure thing right now. Yeah. So on the security level, when it comes to data and so on, it's definitely um very helpful to, and powerful to use blockchain technology. This could be one dimension, um, how we can convince companies to join that ecosystem, right? Um, yeah. Due to the fact that everything is super secure. Um, that's one point. The other point is for sure, um, what I mentioned at the beginning, that we um, have to make clear you will stay in your strong position. Yeah, it's not the case like we see with aggregation apps right now that you integrate or yeah, you integrate in, in an aggregator app, for example. Now, yeah, sorry, um, we weaken your position because I have the customer touch point and I can rule 
so to say, the ecosystem, because I tell you that you have to give, I don't know, five or 30 percentage of your revenue in my direction, yeah. right? Yeah. This is exactly the lose-lose situation, right? And this is not possible in a decentralized ecosystem because every party is part of the ecosystem, as I said, on eye level with, um, with certain rights, uh, with certain collaboration um, models and so on. Um, and you have not the situation which you have right now with one strong dragon and player on the front end. So I think this is also a dimension which creates trust. Yeah, and then, and this is always, uh, or this is one of the main steps for our future development right now when it comes to ecosystem approach, uh, what are the rights and the rules in that ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, is it then the number of transactions which you realize in that ecosystem? This gives you a kind of um, rights for votes, yeah, something like that, yeah, or yeah. Uh, increases your power for decision. So this is something which we have to redesign and really uh, structure in a new way. Um, as I said at the beginning, right now we are not there. We are more in in the we call it MVE, so minimum viable ecosystem. Means yeah. we test everything right now with real partners and customers, but we have not the final governance structure right now. Yeah? So there's something we have to define, but there's absolutely um, realistic, what I, what I said, with the different ideas of voting rights, decision rights, um, and it's totally different in comparison to the, I'm in the front, I'm the aggregator, and now you have to dance after my rules, right? Um, this is what we see right now. So I think these three dimensions will help to create, um, first of all, transparency and trust, but yeah. then for sure, it's more about the human dimension and the behavior dimension. How can we realize um, a, sh a shift, a change on, on, on this side? And this needs, I would say, also some, some framework, um, some new framework. For example, um, do we have maybe rewardings for um, I joining such an ecosystem, right? Um, especially on, on B2B side, yeah, that maybe partners who joined such an ecosystem get some, I don't know, discounts or better conditions in a city, for example, for their fleets, yeah, something like that. I don't know, you can think different types of um, rewarding and incentivation. Um, but I think this is very important that we think about that. And therefore, cities are so important in that ecosystem, because they can deal with that, um, or can design such rewarding systems, right? Because yeah. at the end, the city is deciding, if you are a fleet provider with a scooter, the city can say, mm -mm, I don't like your scooter. Yeah, it's too dirty or something like that. Uh, I don't want to see you in my city. Uh, look for another one. So cities have an important role at the end when it comes to the final decision. And now we can think about what could be um, the role of such a city. How can they design some rewarding systems and so on in order to create trust um, and yeah, make it attractive that more and more companies, providers jump in that ecosystem, right? So we need both sides, yeah? Technology is there, I would say. We have to educate people that they trust the technology, right? That's the first yeah. dimension. And then I think people need some incentivations um, yeah, in order to change. Um, I don't want to say laws and rules and um, yeah, I've that that some people uh, say it's not allowed to do it anymore in another way. This is what I don't like, to be honest, but with some rewarding ideas, I think we can um, give it a push, let's call it like that. And uh, I think we need that. Yeah, so a lot of education, um, rewarding systems, cities have to work together with private companies like the private providers, right? So you need a bridge also between public sector, governmental sector and as uh, a private companies, that's very important. Um, and then we think we can come closer and closer to the vision of such an B2B ecosystem. It is yeah. realistic. It's realistic. Uh, and it's quite likely we will see in next uh, two to three years 
a big development in this area the way investment yeah. is coming in this sector absolutely investment and also as we see it in europe for example also governmental bodies are really heavily pushing that topic right if you see new um, structures and new papers for how we i don't know uh, bring germany and other countries uh, in the next um, in the future in the next 10 years um, there's a lot of blockchain into it that what's yeah. amazing a lot of um, support and also programs for startups so also that entrepreneurial side is really uh, something which is more and more hyped and also supported right and enabled so this is really amazing i would say it's the right wave right now because everyone knows come on we need a change yeah it's really the last hour let's call it like that yeah <laughs> especially when it comes to a change and how we move um related to sustainability right we need a change i think this urgency right now gives us a right push um for for a real change yeah that that's great uh, and when you talk about change uh, we also need to have some change in the clearing houses and and the payment uh, provider uh and right now all the public transport agencies need to go through these clearing houses or acquire for payment for public transport services and payment and all and uh, i think blockchain can become a platform where multiple operator can securely deal with multiple acquirers and clearing houses with aim to reduce their transaction costs and all what do you think is the future here uh, about the clearing house and the payment mechanism in the back end mm-hmm. um when we talk about the b2b clearing um and payment there is so this is really my statement and i know it's also the statement of of harry behrens my cto um there's nothing which is more efficient um, than using uh, decentralized technology right this joint ledger and i mean that's really the nature of blockchain technology this payment topics yeah. um but not for b2c crypto um we think it a bit more from the b2b side and here it's so amazing because especially in the area of mobility we talked about the micro payments right if you have yeah. a right for i don't know one dollar and uh, x y that right um and you have hassles um in the administration and then also high transaction fees it makes no sense right the um the revenue at the end is so low right after uh, reducing all the tax and cost stuff and so on so you need an efficient thing here it's so important to manage these micropayments and for sure this b2b world where you bring that entire payment world i would say on a second layer yeah we often call it the casino layer because you change money into ships so to say and then yeah. um shift the different ships between each other um this is the picture right and uh to use that and reduce transaction transaction fees for example and the hassle with translating this in my bank account and then back to the i don't know accounting system of another company this is so inefficient right yeah. and here i see the biggest shift shift um in in the b2b clearing i would say that's uh, the most important thing and um first companies change already uh, the entire accountants accounting systems um based on on that new way of how i deal between um the payment with the different companies i think that's the first um element which would change b2c payment is tricky i would say um especially when we think in in crypto and using crypto for that right um therefore we focus on non b2b first and and the transaction fees um between the b2b customer because here we see um this is this is a low hanging fruit oh that's great uh, in fact uh, uh, it's kind of a topic for my next question as well about the blocks move uh, blxm token and uh, i think your vision is to make it a currency for mobility sector uh, 
in past also some company have launched some kind of open and decentralized payment uh, ticketing platform uh, one example was vmc in netherland uh, the transaction were undertaken using the vi token and uh, they were they were managing well but somehow it failed how do you think that the blx tokens are different and what is your secret sauce to success if you can share yeah um i think again uh, many reasons came came together and come together um that i would say it is different right now first of all the time right and yeah. it's always the thing with time so right now we see a huge hype we see that uh, crypto goes more and more mainstream yeah more people join uh, the market so uh, more interest curiosity and also openness for the entire topic right so this is first of all um a big change in comparison to to um the company and also the time you mentioned um then the, sec the second point is that um, in our scenario, uh, and you have seen that in a white paper, and I told about that the last minutes, um, that Bloxmove is really focusing, especially on the B2B connection and the B2B communication. Yeah. Means um, our token is very relevant um, at, at also internal um, value units are very relevant for the B2B transactions and the transaction costs we have between companies, right? So this is another dimension where we see a strong element for the entire tokenization. Yeah? And then for sure you have the B2C market and here we have all um, another big shift. On the one hand, yes, we believe that at the end, if the roaming vision is there, that we want to use BillXM also for, for the payment on a B2C side. But before we reach that status, we have different steps. Yeah? The B2B step I mentioned already, another level is the crypto real world asset. Yeah? Yeah. So that we have more and more dimensions of, um, it's not my ticket, my train ticket, which I pay with that token. It's more um, that I, for example, invest in, I don't know, an asset, for example, an air taxi asset or another fancy asset, which I like, yeah, because I want to support um, green mobility, yeah, and a yeah. change in green mobility. And then, for example, I invest in such a company, invest in the asset. And now, based on the amazing concept of NFT, for example, you could design something where someone has a ticket or something like that or a pass, a golden uh, VIP pass. And um, when this, for example, air taxi or another type, a boat, an electric boat or whatever is starting to realize commercial rights or commercial flights then this owner gets a little percentage back in the pocket right and you can create amazing concepts based on that which is uh, definitely more and bigger in the entire vision um, and in comparison to i pay for one ticket with my crypto coin right so this is i would say many dimensions which we see right now and developments which make that entire topic more attractive and therefore you have more steps in that entire um, journey so uh, this is why i believe we have a different concept behind blxm um, together with a, a singaporean um, foundation and um, uh, this makes it more attractive and maybe uh, create difference in comparison to uh, companies you mentioned uh, before yeah this is why we believe uh, time is right the yeah. concept is nicer and um, a bit more powerful and <laughs> um, and for sure we bring already first partners where we see um, the openness is there. So I think um, we will definitely it's it's not a question of if if it's a question of when. When ah, that's that's a very right point because a lot of startup uh, face this challenge of timing market time and and you rightly mentioned it's a perfect time 
to be doing something in blockchain and crypto world and uh, and also i would say the secret sauce is you with such a knowledge and expertise in the sector so your <laughs> personal expertise is also driving it also want to bring the topic which you mentioned for transit agency which is called the star alliance model in transit uh just like an airline's fleet operator can get benefit from having access to selling ticket for flight or for other player which they don't operate themselves uh can you share some specific example for mobility sector how do you see the star alliance model for transit can work yeah yeah exactly this is a perfect picture and uh yeah mechanism which we often use um and here we are back to the topic of how can we explain the entire set up with blockchain to people to customer which are maybe not the experts in a decentralized technology world right and here we use the example of the star lines um because if you think in that setup how the star lines act you have different airlines right um and for example i'm starting in frankfurt with lufthansa you start in your hometown with your airline and now we travel around the globe for example yeah i visit you um i have one ticket Lufthansa is the brand of the ticket, but in the back end, you have three airlines operating the flight to to yeah. to your destination, my B destination, so to say. Yeah, and next to me in the airplane, there is someone uh, sitting next to me has the same flight, but maybe he or she started in Amsterdam and has KML, for example, as airline on the on the on the ticket, right? And together they share the resources of planes and realize an A to B flight or an all around the world flight. Yeah. And the same mechanism you can use to explain this A to B journey in an urban mobility area, right? Um, you have then, as I said, you start with your um, app and start with a ticket created in your app and booked in your app. And I do it, for example, in my app, right? It doesn't matter which app it is, but my provider can offer you, uh, me, the entire journey and your provider can offer you the entire journey as well yeah yeah and this is exactly the idea so we use that star lines uh, mechanism to explain what is possible when we think alliance for urban mobility right um and this com combined with some roaming um, activity or the data roaming example right this gives a really good feeling um how customer can move through such an ecosystem from a to b or all you can move in berlin in toronto whatever wherever you are right uh, that's that's the idea right um and therefore it can help to uh bring people or to explain people what they will get as yeah how we can ease mobility and the use of mobility right with that yeah. with that scenario of using decentralized technology in the back end that's that's such a wonderful example i would say it's such a easy way you explain how we can bring this star alliance model in transit it doesn't matter which app you use in the front it's just providing a seamless journey to the people uh thank you for sharing that i never thought about uh, putting such an analogy in a in a cool. good way klm and lufthansa and probably it will be deutsche bahn and spp and uh, exactly <laughs> exactly yeah in future uh now i want to touch upon which topic we we discussed a little bit the potential use case uh, of blockchain in transit sector a lot of people are talking about that blockchain can be good technology for autonomous vehicle for peer to peer sharing which you also mentioned uh, for traffic law enforcement uh, as well as the smart contracting in fact uh, uh, i don't know if you know about this uh, case study of mtr corporation in hong kong so they are creating an mvp with their supplier for managing their spare parts and equipment uh, using the blockchain 
smart contract. And basic idea is that to have a greater visibility about which equipment is where, which spare part is lying where, how they can use that. What kind of project you see, we see in next five years uh, about using blockchain and smart contracting and all, besides you mentioned some of them already, but some other specific case you feel is potential use cases uh, for transit sector? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the great thing is um, always when we have a kind of contract between B2B partners and you have a kind of transaction means a person is moving, a load is moving, energy is moving, so the energy load, whatever is moving, and then you have not only one, not three, not five, you have 10 or 20 partners, I would say here is a clear use case for decentralized technology, right? So this is maybe basic talk. Um, so therefore, we will find out more and more real use cases, I would say. Um, we spoke already about the combination between energy and mobility. And I would say yeah. that's the area for the next five to 10 years. Um, and yes, I said it already. So sorry that I underlined that again, but this is really my, my belief. Um, and especially our belief at that power mobility and blocks move um, that this will be a huge change and game changer in the future. And here there are so many further topics linked to that entire topic, right? Weaker to grid, we spoke about that, um, yeah. but also the idea of um, how can we use um, carbon credits? So people or companies, uh, they move based on green mobility. How can they, can, can they use these green miles, so to say, and transfer it into credits and sell it to other or trade it with other yeah. companies, right? So the entire area, this will be one of the biggest, I would say, fan financial products for the next 10 years. Um, it is maybe sometimes a bit strange right um uh, it's, it's, it's some sometimes it reminds me to um, i don't need to the church right and uh if you say did something bad now i can uh so to say uh give money and it's better right i thought <laughs> it it's better but it's the good the good thing in it with carbon credits is that we have a shift um from money um from one side to a more sustainable side where we can support projects and uh, non-profit areas and so on. So I think there's something really good and necessary into necessary into it. Um, but this is, for example, why I believe this is one of the biggest topics for the next five to 10 years, because you ask for, for the next five years. Um, and yes, I mentioned already, but uh, it's, it's good to underline it again, that yeah. the sector coupling of power and mobility will be a huge area. And I think now we mentioned a few use cases and, and, and business cases, which, um, which we see already now, but there will come more, definitely more, more in the more next more. three, five years. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned the greater point about the carbon miles, uh, how to yeah. validate those carbon uh, miles and, and probably in future companies can reward the individual rather than big corporations. So anybody who's using bicycles can be rewarded for their behavior using the blockchain technology and generating yeah. these carbon miles. Absolutely. That's yeah, and many, for example, now back to cities and ministries, many cities think exactly in that direction. How can I reward my citizens um, when they move in a greener way, in a more sustainable way? How can yeah. I uh, create rewards for that and maybe give them some discounts or some other things, right, that they have benefits out of that, that they create an impact for our environment, right? And yes, this will definitely come, yeah. 
So now few buzzword, Web3, Metaverse and NFT, non-fungible tokens. How do you envision these technology becoming a part of our transportation and mobility world? So I, I share my crazy idea. Uh, is uh, probably transit agencies can build a virtual transit network system and money earn money through digital ad in metaverse. Uh, another crazy idea, which you also mentioned about uh, having a mobility monthly pass issued through NFT and uh, based on the behavior, each pass has some kind of uh, different powers or premium feature and all, and people can sell and trade those passes uh, in the in the open market. What do you think about this scenario and, and what are the other potential use cases of these technology in Metaverse, Web3 and NFT? Yeah, you mentioned already, I would say exactly my favorite points. Um, but yes, um, exactly what you said, I see the big trends and, and chances in that. So the ticketing element is one of um, the topics where we also uh, look into that. And this will definitely come um, also combined with a, with a nice arty, artwork, um, also avatar thing, right? With people, we love to have some, some visible, um, have an identification, for example, with a group of avatars, right? We see it right now, the bore apes and so on so yeah. there's definitely something which will come also for the ticketing dimension um as i said earlier right also this crypto real world investment that we link it maybe to you get a kind of uh, nft based avatar so you're part of an i don't know decentralized investor group so to say um and you have special rights and perks based on that right so this will definitely come i mean we know the concepts already now we have a nice technical idea of how we can realize that in a very smart and um, automated way, right? So this will definitely come for the ticket area. Um, and yeah, link it then to, to some nice artwork. Um, the other dimension, I think you mentioned already, the metaverse, I guess we will have that yeah, parallel scenario of having mobility and also nice assets like really fancy air taxis and so on also in that metaverse um, yeah. and then have maybe uh, customized air taxis right with different uh, yeah as we know with a with the sunglass and I don't know with some gaming elements right and then also what you said already this um, green mile element yeah. uh, if we link that to to the gaming part we can perfectly use that again for some coin crypto topics right so I see many dimensions and people love that here we are directly into the topic of the human psychology aspect um, because often people ask me ah, this is nonsense some uh, game stuff and so on no people love that and if we see the younger generations right now they are really into it from the very oh, yeah. kindergarten age right no that's uh, that's wonderful uh, you mentioned about gamers so actually there are 3.2 billion gamers in the world we don't realize uh, how big and uh, strong that community is uh, and and all the young people are into gaming and all and it's it's good and bad uh, good in the sense it helps you to become more creative and do some constructive stuff uh, so one need to be more careful about these new generation of customer and how to involve them in transit by talking to their language and uh, delivering stuff in their way like yeah. i collected uh, the smart card from different cities but I don't think the young generation would love to do that. They would love to collect some kind of NFT from these cities. 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And for example, we have also one use case in the middle region of, of Germany. Um, and in, I think, 2025, they are culture city and have some nice events in the city. So we hope that uh, many tourists will also come to the city. And now, how amazing is that, that we link now the roaming ecosystem with some NFT tickets, right? And link that to maybe local artists, right? And create um, the the NFTs like uh, on the tickets, like um, uh, like uh, paintings from the artists from the area. This is amazing, right? Then you can combine culture, art, and also uh, some events in in a, in a region in one joint ecosystem and make really nice things out of that. And I think this is not only for young generations, also older generations love that. Yeah, <laughs> for us too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also for us. <laughs> so now this is my last question. And, and it's, I think, very important uh, uh, is uh, how do you think we can create more awareness about blockchain in the mobility sector and bring more transit agencies, mobility players and city to come forward and experiment? Not saying just go for it, but just experiment. Uh, what is your message to the transit industry innovator? Yeah, you said experiment. So we mentioned earlier that now also governmental bodies push that thing a bit more and uh, also say, please companies do pilots, do POCs, so proof of concept. So hopefully we see a shift, but this was a bit my, um, I would say this would be a wish in the direction of companies. They have the resources, maybe not all, but most of them, especially the big one have resources, yeah. right? give us a bit more openness when it comes to um, to a new experiment, right, where we can test something and don't set KPIs from the very beginning. I mean, a test is a test, right? Be open for that and not say, okay, yes, I said it. There's no, I don't know, impact for my revenue. Sorry, no, it's a test. It's innovation. You need a bit more, a longer breath, so to say, in order to test something. So this would be um, necessary that we uh, apply new concepts of success for such POCs or experiments, as you said, this is one dimension. Um, but I would say it's the right, as, again, it's the right time right now due to the push of also governmental bodies, of ministries yeah. and so on. Also some bigger money, uh, amount of monies is really um, uh, goes in the direction of some grants and so on. So it is the right, right timing, but this is definitely something where we need more collaboration with um, big parties, with big companies. Um, they are more and more open. That's a good thing. But um, this needs to, uh, really definitely needs to be increased in, in, in when it comes to numbers and also to, as I said, um, the consequence. And yes, let's try it. But then really, let's try it for a few years and not only a month. And then, oh, no, I said you, there's no impact, right? <laughs> this is a bit the problem uh, due to yeah. the fact that, I mean, I came from that area that, uh, that we apply the existing revenue-driven or uh, sales-driven numbers to innovation. And this makes no sense, to be honest. So this is one, one, one point, um, what a, what's a big wish, and also where yeah. I would see here it needs a shift. Then for sure, we mentioned several times education, uh, because it's all, also a topic where I see an issue right now, uh, maybe not in your area, but uh, so in, in, in country and culture, but for example, in, in Germany, I see really an issue when it comes to technology education. And here I really fear, especially in the global market of talents, that we create gaps yeah, between some societies, they are really advanced when it comes to technology, and yeah. some people and some talents have no opportunity on a global um, talent market. And I mean, COVID, the remote homework situation makes the market 
even more global, right? What, what's great, um, but yeah. also tricky for uh, the competition. And this is another dimension. Um, so I would say education is very important. And then also the link to legal rules, um, because I see some markets and countries, they are really um, bold and advanced when it comes to Yes, for sure. We have no idea about the full picture. What, but we set some milestones and some rules, yeah, and we try it. And yeah. then we see some countries, and my country is a country like that. Let's be careful. Let's check everything from up and down and down and up and so on. And this is really an issue because then you have some gray areas. Let's call it like that. So unsecure gray areas. And here I can totally understand that some companies, especially if you have a name with yeah, and really a reputation thing, right? An image thing, you have to be careful. And here I see a distance because the companies say, mm, this is tricky, this is unsecure. Then you read some messages about scamming and so on in that area, right? And then you have the strange picture and then feeling of, oh, with that blockchain thing and guys, this is scamming, this is tricky, yeah. this is bad and dark, right? Something bad. And this is uh, something which we have to overcome, definitely a hurdle. And these three elements together, I would say then we have a big chance um, for a shift, especially a shift in, in a short time period. Yeah. Well, and mo mentioned... role models like us, role models like us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I think you mentioned some great points here about the KPIs. Uh, how can you define KPIs for innovation? How When you don't know what will be the key benefit from that innovation and all. So you need to wait and see and experiment. And, and I think that's what transit agencies need to learn from the private sector or, or technology companies. It's like you start project to learn, not to make it successful from each and every project because each project is kind of a stepping stone for new innovation and the next steps and all. So there is nothing you lose if it didn't work, but one should implement these projects to learn. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% signed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we talk a lot about uh, mobility, transit, blockchain and all, but now I want to ask a few personal questions and it's kind of a rapid fire round. Uh, I'll ask you five questions and you need to answer them quickly. So if you're ready, uh, I'll, I'll you know fire my question at you. Uh, so my first question is, if you were not in automotive or blockchain sector, what other profession you would have selected? Mm, I would say my psychology perspective, I maybe I would choose a way of being a therapist and go really in that direction of mindfulness work, also body work with yoga and so on. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So kind of a yoga teacher. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. So I would maybe increase that topic and, and uh, push it. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, now, the second question is about you travel so much around the world. Which is your favorite city in the world? I mean, on the one hand, my hometown, Berlin, um, this is, I mean, yeah, being at home, right, is almost in the nice and best feeling. But I have several cities. Um, I love Tokyo due to the right. colorful, the spirit. It's amazing, really. I was, I, it was uh, on the one hand shocking, but on the other hand, uh, unbelievable. And um, Barcelona is one of my favorite mm. cities. I don't know, the mix of having beach, having nice people, having an old town combined with, I don't know, really nice art elements and, and architecture, definitely one of the favorite cities. 
that's great uh, all of them are my favorite city too so <laughs> i haven't been like to have, barcelona yeah but yeah <laughs> but we have really so many nice places on the world and therefore it's more about the element of um being uh really moving around right being in different cultures i mean that's such a gift for our society and our time and I'm, I'm really i'm so thankful for having the also the situation and the resource for that right some people have yeah. not that opportunity so i'm really thankful for for traveling and and having that opportunity yeah yeah no open less to learn uh, so basically travel help you to learn about the different cultures society and all so now you visited so many cities and all which city has the best transit network in the world I think again, Japan, Tokyo is is really well connected and structured, especially also the public transportation. Yeah. But also, I would say many of the Asian cities, also Hong Kong, is so well connected. And I mean, the time frequency—it's amazing. I mean, all I would say, second, uh, all thirty seconds, there is a train, right? And uh, yeah. this is crazy. I mean, for sure, they have also the mass of people which they have to manage with, right? <laughs> but um, this is really—I would say—the Asian area is really well. Structured and especially in, in Tokyo, it was really uh, I could really see that and feel that um, how well everything is integrated and connected. And as I said, in an almost I don't know five second rhythm, uh, the next train is coming, and then you jump on I don't know uh, a taxi or or on a bike. Really crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a dense network, and I I've seen both the network, and it's such a dense. It's unimaginable how they manage uh, such a high frequency and. And in Hong Kong, if a train is late by one minute or or few seconds, you know it's a national news. So you can Absolutely. imagine it's a, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, a, right? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, now, what? Which is your favorite startup in the mobility sector? Favorite startup? Um, Blocksmove. I don't know if you know these guys. Uh, <laughs> I I know them. They are doing good work. Uh, they are doing pretty amazing work. So <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, uh, honestly, uh, just kidding. Um, there are many nice startups right now, and for me, um, also on the personal vision and mission, right, with um, creating an easy and more also green mobility. I really like all the startups focusing on, on, on uh, a more sustainable way of using resources. Yeah, for example, yeah. therefore, I love the company Tier in, in, in Europe, um, yeah. a scooter company, because they structure the entire brand a bit more with some, um, yeah, better technology and the assets which are dealt, yeah, have a more sustainable way of dealing with that and, and the loading structure and so on. So charging structure. So this is something where I would say all these startups um, is definitely something I prefer and uh, yeah, wish all my best. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of them are great choices, uh, including Blocksmove. So <laughs> my last question is, uh, if you can change one thing in life, what would it be? Mobility. Mobility. I would change mobility and make it, as I said, uh, easier. And uh, really, I want to realize that work uh, or that vision of uh, mobility roaming. Mm. Ah, that's, a, that's a great vision. And I would say the great mission as well. And uh, wish you a lot of success in that. So thank you so much, Sophia, for your great insight. I love this conversation. Like I mentioned, there was a lot of learning for me. And I hope uh, all the people working in the transit sector and all, they understand more about the, the backend technology about blockchain and take more risk and ex do more experiments. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me and all your amazing questions. So it was really a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll be inviting some other inspiring guests in the coming week. You can subscribe to this podcast online to get the notification for the next episode. 
If you like this podcast, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating, as it will help us to spread our message. If you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast, please do write to us at info at the rate mobility hyphen innovators dot com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.